a lot of ideas that have been brought around already this morning. The idea of uh, not giving what you don't have. There are things that we have that don't make good gifts because we were afraid to give them. And fear constricts. The energy that comes with the gift. And I don't care what physics you describe it by or explain it by. Intention has an effect on things. I was going to share a parable with the kids this morning about the shepherd that has you know, a flock of a hundred sheep and and because there aren't places with fences where they all get to stay in the pasture and be tended, they go out to open fields and the shepherd has to be with them and every day at the end of the day the shepherd brings them back in and counts every single head and um, if one night when the shepherd came in there were only 99 sheep of 100 the shepherd leaves the flock and goes out to find the one sheep that's not there. And the lessons being that each of us is important to the whole of love, and love does what it can to care for us. Um, I want to read some of the words from that. Because the way that it was described makes a difference. And it started, Jesus was a teacher long ago of love and compassion. When Jesus spoke to his followers, it was often about how to share more love. Share more, love more, and forgive more. Jesus also talked a lot about the great unfolding mystery named love. He called it God, the way many other people do. Sometimes Jesus' followers needed help to understand his teachings, so he told stories to help them understand, and we call those stories parables. Well, I was going from using that earlier in the service, which didn't happen, and uh, uh, into beginning my talk with y'all, uh, with a passage from the, from the Christian Testament as we are still in our Jewish and Christian heritage study segment of the year. And this is from 1 John 4, 16, which is if you are kids, you remember maybe if you grew up in a, in a Christian church of almost any flavor, you would have heard God is love. That's part of the verse. And the rest is, And he that abideth in love abideth in God, and God in him. If this, 
if our doctrine is right, if we understand the mystery underlying and unfolding in life to be love, then there are a lot of other assumptions we can bring to that. I was talking about assumptions in class earlier, so I'm laughing at myself for saying that. Um, but the way that I have come to understand the stories of the New Testament or the Christian Testament is not as a reverence to a Zeus-like uh, bearded white guy sitting some undesignated distance away from planet Earth and throwing down bolts of lightning um, who lives usually in an upward direction no matter where on this little round planet you live. <laughs> and uh, who I sent his own child as a blood sacrifice for reconciliation between his creations and himself. What I have come to understand that those stories to me, this is, and everyone in here will have their own understanding. What I have come to understand those stories to be is rather a tale of the unimaginably generative, positive power that is inherent in allowing our lives to unfold as they are, without the clutching and clinging to trying to control and the fear that we bring into the process, the unwarranted fear that we bring into the process, the fear that perhaps was warranted when we first experienced it, but we've, but we've cultivated it and carry it with us. Um, the unfolding of that story, that allowing in a man named Jesus' life, the same way that Gandhi let it unfold and allowed it in his life, the same way that Dr. King let it unfold and allowed it in his life, yes, all of those guys died in the process. But all of us are not called to the same life. And none of their lives would have had the power that it had going out from that allowing if they had just surrounded themselves with, I'm not going to do that, it might cost me something. None of their work are the lessons of love and peace and courage and wisdom that have been spread far and wide by their actions would have arisen if they didn't allow their lives to be lived out with the integrity that was their story to live out. Now, frankly, the odds are rather high that any of us would be against any of us being called to live out that sort of an end. Um, one, once upon a time, Susan Caldwell and I were discussing um, the effectiveness 
our effectiveness as being irritants to the status quo or agents of change. And I commented that I wasn't worth assassinating because I wasn't important enough. And Susan said to me, you're absolutely worth assassinating. <laughs> we still laugh about that sometimes. But Jesus, Gandhi, King, lived a story that was organically theirs to live. And it had massive impact. Not all of it good. The effects ripple out in a lot of directions. The earth in one spot may surrender every molecule of water that it has to the plant life in that spot. It may give up all of the nutrients that over millennia it has accumulated to help support vegetation when there are changes that cause the ecosystem to function a different way. But the earth allows those things to go because they are the earth's to let go of. Dust will still be dust no matter what it gives up. It would still serve to put out a fire. It would still serve to make bricks in combination with other things. But always it shares without question what it has to give. Now, it's easy for us not to know what we have or how valuable the little things that we have might be. I got to watch a couple of TED Talks recently. We, uh, how many of you are familiar with TED Talks? They're online videos that are free to watch if you have a computer that I think are an amazing collection of speakers and presentations and perspectives on almost anything worth learning about. Um, I got to hear a couple of TED Talks, see, watch a couple of TED Talks that were about giving. Uh, one was uh, from a woman named Catherine Fulton and it was titled, You Are the Future of Philanthropy. Um, and she said, once upon a time, gifts, or she was quoting someone else, once upon a time, and I'm uh, paraphrasing probably, once upon a time, gifts of love were given for small things. No, love was given for small things. <laughs> um, something like, love was given for small things and money was given for great things. But now it's Wikipedia. And now great things can be given for love. I think it's a curious quote. But there was also a guy named Ben Rigby who did a TED talk uh, about micro-volunteering. Now, uh, 
Catherine Fulton was talking about the different ways that organizations are working now. And that some of the things that would never have worked before are happening now. And because of that, we can do things with love in massive ways that we never dreamed of before. And Big Rigby was talking about micro-volunteering and trying to set up a network pinging around the globe so that if a nonprofit or someone, ultimately maybe someone, but if a nonprofit has a need, they put the need out there. It pings around the world, and somebody that can do that provides the service. He was talking about how um, 70 million people on this planet play farm work. And that all it would take is 25 million to engage in this process to make every need answerable. Can you imagine that? So somebody, he, he gave examples of stories where somebody, and I don't remember the country, uh, on the African continent, needed something done. I think a well drilled. And somebody saw the post, and they just happened to know somebody that drilled wells that was in that part of the world. And they hooked him up, and the guy got his well done. Another thing, somebody was trying to translate a process of giving into Spanish and to French, but they didn't speak either one of them. And by someone taking 20 minutes and translating this form into another language, it changed thousands and thousands of lives. Just... Somebody, maybe somebody needs a watering can and you have one. I mean, it, it can be anything. But if networks like that are being developed around the globe for good, all the rules can change. Isn't that reason to be hopeful? And isn't that reason to consider what gifts we have to give? Now, you know, as long as we have been in this building, we have been swimming upstream financially. That may or may not change. But the connection that Bennett was talking about between the members and giving what is genuinely ours to give from love, not fear, not a sense of obligation, not trying to do what somebody else says is the right thing, will make this congregation flourish and will make it everything it needs to be in this community, in this day. And it will allow us to be more generous in every way. The prophet Muhammad said, wealth is not diminished by giving in charity. 
There was an old uh, radio host who was also an author that I think my dad was rather fond of, named Earl Nightingale. Anybody familiar with that name? Well, Earl Nightingale is attributed with having said, a candle is not like it, diminished by giving light to another candle. He also said, success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal or ideal. Whatever we plant in our subconscious mind and nourish with repetition and emotion will one day become a reality. People with goals succeed because they know where they're going. The lessons of Jesus were about giving of oneself to others, trusting the provisions of life, not living in fear or need for control or for privilege or for power. There were all sorts of stories to demonstrate these ideas of generosity and kindness. Lots of parables, I would name them by the phrase that I had heard growing up, like the rich young ruler and the widow's might and the, the Sermon on the Mount with the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. And if that's shorthand that you don't under, that isn't a part of your history, I am glad to share those stories with you. But each would be worthy in another church of a sermon. Might work here too if I ever had that many. But um, if we are giving like the earth, from what is ours to give, like Jesus, like Gandhi, like Moses, like King, like Dr. King. Like those who have given what was truly theirs to give, we will succeed. Our lives will be successful. And if we're a community of people who are successfully living their lives, what else can the community be? We have common goals. If we give from love, not from obligation or to prove anything, if we trust love such that our fears fall away, like the Rilke friend, patiently, the good we would do will be amplified. For it's founded in love and in truth.